Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, and it's my pleasure to introduce you today to Kimberly Slavic. Kimberly, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you, Dr. Pillay? I'm doing great. And by the way, I love that little dance move you were pulling on the song there. <laughs> there you go. So, Kimberly, I checked out your book, at, you know, Visnastic Selling, and I have to tell you, I was immediately drawn into your use of both storytelling and psychology and neuroscience and all that stuff. You've got to tell us more. But before we do that, could you tell us sort of where you came from? How did you become this best-selling author? Tell us a little bit about Kimberly Slavic. Oh, gosh. So I love selling. The very first time I ever had any sales training, um, I was selling boots during the Ur- Urban Cowboy days. Wow. And my boss, called in sick, pretended to be my dad, and sent me to my first sales training, and I was hooked ever since. And I've been a top performer, and I think most women do this as a flaw. You tend to say, okay, well, I was just lucky, or it took a team, or, you know, it was just really good timing. And I've been working with a neuroscientist for the last six months or so, and he's taught me that there was a lot of science behind my accidental success. Wow. And this book was never intended to be a book. It was going to be a resume on, on steroids where not only did I talk about what I accomplished, but how I did it. Mm-hmm. And as I sent the draft around, I started getting hired. People were asking me to come teach the principles to their sales organizations. And so I decided this needs to, I need to put more emphasis on this being a book. And here you go. It's a bestseller. It won top. Um, hot new release on Amazon for global marketing, so it's wow. doing really well. It just came out February 1st. Wow, that is simply amazing. Now, you know, first of all, when people hear the word visnostic, they're going to go, okay, uh, let me check the dictionary. Not sure if I know <laughs> that, and I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> so I know that you combined a few technologies to create that word. What does the word visnostic mean? How did you make it? And, and tell us a little bit about the book overall. Wow. So that is, I'm so glad you asked that. And this wasn't even rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> my, I had this book written and I could not come up with a title. I kept, it kept calling it the power of this visualization diagnostic statement. Mm-hmm. And it was a mouthful. And at Christmas, my son said, mom, just take visualization and diagnostics and make it into visnostics. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, I, I think he just, just, I think he just earned his inheritance right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge burden. Thank you, son. Great Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very cool. So you combine the words visualization and diagnostic to talk about a sales and marketing uh, strategy or, or something like that. How does that work? What are the, what brought those two words together for you? Well, so there's so many things that salespeople do incorrectly, and it's not necessarily their fault. They're given marketing tools by their companies, mm-hmm. and the people that are creating these tools have never been in front of a client. So they don't, they, you know, they think their slides look really cool or their brochures look really cool, but there's nothing on there retaining to the message. Mm. And so clients aren't absorbing it. They're not retaining it. And they're confused, like, why is there a landscape of L.A. downtown at night when you're trying to sell me a you know, hybrid cloud solution, for example. 
Wow. So basically, your ideal clients and target and the people who would love this book, like myself, are marketing and salespeople. Tell us a little, about, little bit about your ideal client, if you will. Who would really be drawn to your book? So if I'm going to use the agnostics on you. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So instead of saying, I can do this, I can do that, we do this, we've accomplished this, our clients do this, which is what everyone says, mm-hmm. the client is being forced to translate what you're saying into their world. Mm-hmm. So take that translation out. Say it the way they're going to say it. Say it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to tell me, I can say this today. I wish I could say this today. It's not important, not applicable. And if you can do it today, score yourself one to five. One meaning you got a lot of work to do. Five meaning you nailed it. Okay. So the first one I would ask is, or state, I should say state. I Mm -hmm. should know better. Our company, sales and marketing teams are in complete alignment. They have respect and they work well together. Can you say that today? Do you wish you could say that today? Not important, not applicable. 80% 80% or more will tell you there is a like a cat and dog relationship between sales and marketing. You know, sales are down, they blame marketing, marketing blames sales, a, a deal closes and everyone's taking credit for it. And one of my workshops actually brings those two teams together to create the agnostic statements, to take the existing tools and to dissect them and come up with powerful diagnostic statements. It's such a strong, powerful team-building exercise. So that's one. I I can totally see how, you know, sales and marketing people, (laughs) you know, don't always work well together. Even though when you think about it, I'm sure you'd agree, they're both part of the same process. One just sort of maybe kicks off some interest and desire, and the other takes it to the next level and closes the deal. So how, how do you actually... You know, wait, paint, paint us a picture of your, you know, a company or, or the clients that you work with. What problems are they struggling with? Like, you know, one of them is not being able to work together, you know, sales and marketing. What other mm-hmm. challenges do they struggle with that you recognize quickly that you can help them with? Well, this is universal. It doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter how you're generating revenue. There, you've got your top salespeople. You've got your eh, middle, middle of the bunch. And you've got your complete losers that aren't producing at all. Mm-hmm. So there's a, the numbers range from 50% to the top 20% are actually selling. Mm-hmm. The problem has always been, how do you turn the non-top people into top people? Mm-hmm. And that's what this whole book is about. It's how to turn your entire sales organization into top performers. Wow, that's an ambitious statement that I bet you nobody's going to want to turn down, right? So you're <laughs> saying, forget 80-20, we're going to take your 80 and do all we can to push them toward the 20, right? Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, Mike Bosworth wrote the forward, and that was the first thing that he noticed. He mm-hmm. said, the first words out of his mouth when we talked for the first time was, you cracked a nut I haven't been able to crack in 40 years. Wow, the, so, 80, the 80-20 nut. <laughs> yes. I can even take, so salespeople usually have a six-month ramp-up time where they're not even producing at all. Mm-hmm. Sales and marketing together will create a tool that a new salesperson can be hand, handed on day one, mm-hmm. just a couple hours of training. The next day, they can be confident and competent in front of clients. Wow. that That is so cool. So. You know, Kimberly, if you don't mind, I'm just like itching to learn what's the secret behind all this. Could you tell us a story about how you sort of discovered 
this whole Visnatic thing, um, you know, the book came together. You know, what is the secret behind it? And maybe that'll give us a clue about how it works. How did you find your success in this path? So before I tell the story, I want to do an exercise from the book with you. Uh oh. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. I'm I'm going to say a word, and mm-hmm. this is a universal word that everyone should get the same response to. Okay. I'm going to say a word, and I want you to tell me the first visualization that pops into your head. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Money. Me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe is this is this going to be? Can we publish this this ex- exercise? <laughs> no, this is great. And so, anyone that's watching this podcast right now, uh-huh. I hope that you rewind it and look at his eyes. Oh. Your eyes shot up to the left. Your left, not mine. Really? My right. Yes. And that is normal. And as a salesperson, you want that to happen with your clients because you just got them visualizing what you're trying to tell them. Now. They, here's the interesting thing about that exercise. Mm-hmm. I've done hundreds of times, and people will say, you're, me was the, I, I have to tell you, Dr. Pele, you're yeah. very original. No one's ever said that one before. No one's ever said me. <laughs> no, no. I have heard XYs. I've heard alimony checks. I've heard mortgage. I've heard bags of money. I've heard dollar signs. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on and on. But here's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a word we should all see the same thing. You think it's such a normal word. We all see things different things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's why sales and marketing struggles. You know what you're trying to say, but your clients aren't necessarily hearing your message or visualizing what you can do for them correctly. And this book is the formula to how to make that happen. You know, you know what I love about this process is you're, you know, you're teaching by doing, right? And you know, yeah. there's tons of literature on the fact that learning doesn't work as well if, if you're audience isn't actually doing something. So you made me physically do something right now. And now I'm just, I'm in this story. I want to learn more, you know, so that's powerful. So, so how yeah. did, how did you come up with this? What's, what's the process, the story that brought you this, this far? Well, here's the main point of that exercise. Mm-hmm. Not one person has ever said they saw the letters M-O-N-E-Y. And that leads me into my story. So I had, um, this awesome software that I was selling and Mm -hmm. the return on investment was fast. It was huge. I literally felt like I had $10 bills for sale for $1. Mm -hmm. So I jumped out of bed every morning. I knew everybody wanted this. Everybody needed this. I had the confidence and I was blowing away my numbers, but Mm -hmm. I had this one client who fell asleep during my presentation. Oh no. And I was appalled. He was embarrassed. And so he set up another meeting the second time, I saw him taking really enthusiastic notes, and I was super excited. And I went over to, to see what he was writing down, and it was his grocery list. He was not paying attention. He was not so, there. He was not engaged. Not either time. And I was just, I sat down. I go, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't this working? And he said, look, Kim, I've got other things on my mind. I don't have the budget. I'm not going to buy from you. I'm sorry for wasting your time. I was just being nice. And I was just so much in shock. I just left and the whole drive home, I thought of what I should have said, could have said, didn't say, and how awful I was that I just was in shock and couldn't respond. Mm -hmm. So I dissected our presentation and tried to figure out where and why was I losing him. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I don't, I have to tell you, and I write about this in the book, I don't think I'm that smart. So 
this had to have been some kind of divine intervention or something that gave me this idea. Mm -hmm. But I took our presentation and I completely reworded it from his perspective. I invited him to lunch. He said, as long as you know, I'm not going to buy from you. I'll go to lunch with you. Yeah. So while he was sitting there, I said, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to tell me, I wish I could say this today. I can say this today or not important, not applicable. Mm -hmm. And I, the first one I started with was, restoring is a simple and painless process. He just went on for like 10 minutes of (laughs) how awful his life was and how this was, this struck a chord. And he even went into this story about how someone got fired because they couldn't restore um, the CEO's email in a timely manner. And that's why he's been so distracted. And that's why he has been so disconnected. And then he ended up pushing his plate of food aside and he was like, what's the next one? And so we went, we went through this. (laughs) And he said, can you type that up and send it to me? The deal closed. This was a guy that had no budget, not going to buy from me. I got more information out of him over that lunch than I ever had in the whole five years we had worked together. And it it made my number for the year. And then I realized, you know, instead of talking at people, it's not what you're... By the way, this was a really important comment that he made to me. He goes, obviously, you can do all this stuff where you wouldn't be going over these with me, right? I go, right. He goes, why didn't you just tell me this? I said, this was my presentation I'd given you twice. <laughs> I was trying he, to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he said, it, none of it sounded familiar. And wow. all of that really resonated with me that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Wow. Very important. We have to translate for the clients. We have to get them emotionally engaged. We have to have them visualizing their current situation and how their, their situation be so much better with our help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. So basically, you stumbled upon this strategy, and then you went and, you went and did the research and kind of found out that it's a, it was a thing, right? And then you put it yes. together. That's that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about sort of the changes that you walk people through. Um, you know, so they show up, they 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 have challenges with selling and with marketing. How do you sort of get them from where they are? when you first meet them to the promised land that they may want to get to? What are the stages you take them through? How does that work? Oh, great question. So the very first thing we have to do is we have to diagnose, right? We, so what I ask people to do, and at the end of this podcast, I'm going to actually invite your listeners to a special, you know, a special email address that I set up for them. Podcast at dynaexec.com. Yep. And I want to hear your best salesperson do their best presentation and let me record it. Let me, let me pick it apart. I'm going to segregate things into different categories and pull out the visnostic statements Mm. and then present it back to you. It may be that you're perfect, but I haven't found anyone perfect yet. Mm -hmm. And we can take your message and turn it into something incredibly neuroscientifically powerful in the marketplace. Wow. After we have your business statements, and I'll work with your sales and marketing teams to do that. Mm-hmm. Then I get with the poor people that hate salespeople typically. <laughs> and those are the people that have to live up to all the promises made during the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. The post the sales people, the implementers, the people that have to execute everything you just sold. Mm-hmm. Those people's lives are painful because most of the time salespeople overpromise. And not on purpose, you know, it's on accident typically, but we will take and write statement of works and summarizations of those statement of works and map them to each one, not to be confused with products and features and functions. Mm. This is actually how you're going to take someone's non-strength and turn them into a strength. Then we put that together. That's step two. Mm -hmm. Step 
three is I'm going to take all that and put it in a tool that I've already got developed. Right now it's a spreadsheet. My goal is that it's going to be a software. Mm-hmm. And then we'll teach your sales team how to use this tool. All they have to do is go and, and speak to your clients in diagnostic speak, mm-hmm. get those responses, which will be a check mark for a one, two, three, four, five. Unless they give you a five on everything, there's your opportunity. And based on the responses, you can actually prioritize the areas in which you can help them. Yeah. That's really fascinating. So basically, you, you first take them through a diagnostic process where they sort of try it out, you help them sort of tweak things, and then you push them into the sort of communication process, and then you streamline communication across the board, sales, marketing, service, and so on. Now, what I love about that is you're stressing the importance of what you say and how you say it. Can you give us an example of maybe a customer of yours or a client of yours that just like blew it out of the water and, and you're excited to share about that. I'd love to know kind of where you've implemented this strategy, the visnotic approach. This just happened this week. Oh, so, really? um, yes, a very well-known real estate company that I just started working with. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a listing and it was a house that's a very kind of vanilla looking, very generic looking. Um, it had already been listed. Vanilla is my favorite color now, Kimberly. <laughs> my wife always tells me, hey, honey, uh, can we get like real colors, not just that beige vanilla thing you always like? <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I just had to jump in. That's my favorite color. <laughs> well, good. That's my husband's favorite ice cream. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, a, a competitor had this house listed for six months and had very few showings and didn't sell the house. Mm-hmm. It went to my my customer, and they decided to do something different. So instead of saying three bedrooms, two baths, you know, this much square footage, blah, 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 feature function, it's feature function. Mm -hmm. They actually wrote a description that said, can you say this today? Do you have a play area in the backyard where your kids can can play safely, separate from the beautiful lagoon pool? Mm -hmm. Do you have an area for at Christmas time that children and the family can make marshmallows on the fireplace anyway it went on and on and on with all this like visualization description in Mm -hmm. the house Mm -hmm. and it was a coming soon ad that they put out three days before they actually had the listing Mm -hmm. the day it was listed they had an open house there was a line a line of people to see the house it sold that day for twenty thousand dollars above the asking price wow what a difference that visualization made. All from, my goodness. You know, I got to tell you, one of the things that I love, you know, about podcasting is that I learned so much. Do you know that in the next sales call I'm going to be on, I'm going to visualize. Say, hey, um, do you know what your life would be like? If, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's so powerful. So you mean by simply changing just almost, it's not a Socratic question, really. It's a visualization question, isn't it? Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I can't wait to read the rest of your book. I only read chapter one, but I can't wait to, to, to take a look at the rest. Now, give us a sense of a defining moment that, you know, your customers go through that, you know, they're, they're sort of like their belief systems are not allowing them to be successful or something's mm-hmm. holding them back. And you've got to sort of push them through that. And the re- reason I ask for sort of that belief blockage, if you will, is because it really helps our listeners understand possibly where they might be, what might be holding them back for, 
from switching to a Visnastic approach. So what belief systems do you have to crack through, Kimberly, when you work with clients? So I have always taken a lot of pride in the fact that I'm not one of those people that could sell ice to Eskimos. That's supposed to be like a really, you know, huge compliment to a salesperson. They're such a good salesperson. They could sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah. If I, if I don't believe in something, I cannot sell it. Mm. And the same thing with just the whole methodology. If you don't believe in what this book is teaching, you won't get it. And it's mm. different and it is unnatural and it goes against everything you've been taught. Like, the first few slides is usually about your company. You've got mm-hmm. eight seconds yeah. to get the chemicals going right in someone's yeah. brain. And nobody cares it's, about your company. <laughs> no, and they're not going to buy because you're in the top 10% or whatever. They're, they want to get engaged emotionally. Yes. So what I'm finding is companies that are resisting this are the companies that are struggling the most. Mm. The ones that are doing well, that want to do better, it's almost like salespeople, hiring salespeople. The top 20% are always looking for that next thing that's going to make them better. Mm-hmm. And the people that are average and below average, that's just, they're accept, they accept themselves that way. Mm-hmm. So I like companies that are progressive, that want to be progressive, that are early adopters, that are really wanting to do things differently and to make a difference in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. That's that's really important to have that mindset. And I try and take people through this in the book mm-hmm. by I have exercises. And the reason the exercises are important, like the money exercise we did, mm-hmm. is I want to help people get that belief that mm-hmm. it's taken me 20 years of a career to get. Mm-hmm. I'm giving that to them in a book by making them do the exercises. And it's like a magic trick. It works. Like your eyes when it shot up you know, yeah. to your yeah, left. When it went to the left, yeah. <laughs> yes, it works. And you will never have anyone tell you that they saw the letters, for example. Wow. It doesn't matter what else they see, but visualization is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and believing in it is, is how you're going to go and execute it. You know, you, you, you talk about visualization, and I also heard you mention the word mindset. I, I happen to believe that anything we try to do uh, will struggle if the mindset is wrong. Do you, mm-hmm. In your book and in your practice, do you find that you have to help people almost more with their mindset than, than the technology and the specifics of the strategy? 100%. But when they see the difference between what they did before and what we did in a one-day workshop, mm-hmm. it, it blows their mind. Wow. Like I did a workshop in October and it was dead silence. We, I use the uh, post-it note approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do a business statement based on color. Mm-hmm. And I won't get into all that, but they had these Gnostic statements we showed by product, how we could take product feature functions and turn it into something that clients care about. And just the silence in the room where everyone was like, we did that. Wow, that's going to work. And that becomes a, a um, storyboard for brochures mm-hmm. and graphics, videos. Once you have the Gnostic statements, everything else just starts making sense. Because wow. you stop, you stop talking about things from your perspective, mm-hmm. and start looking at it through the client's eyes. Everything changes. Wow! I was actually going to ask you, you know, what does success look like? But I think you've just described it. I feel like if I if I really implemented the Visnastic approach, it would literally change the way I talk to people. It, like it everything does. I say would be from their perspective. Is that kind of is that what success looks like for you in your with your 100%. clients? One hundred percent. We wow. as salespeople rely too much on the clients mm-hmm. to do the work and we need to do the work for them. And I call it in the book, I talk about it being the translation phase. 
we have to translate our features and functions into client speak. I love that client speak. So, you know, as you can tell, we could probably talk for hours, right? But I'm going to I'm going to go read the rest of your book, but I want to see if I could get from you just a few last nuggets. So, if you let's say you had a class of all of us sales and marketing folk uh, right now, and you're going to tell us your top one, two, or three nuggets of advice, what would those be? What would the Kimberly Slavic top three nuggets be? (laughs) Go to your bullets, because I know you got them, (laughs) and circle the results. Look for the results. And you're going to be shocked how you have got so much articulated out there that's missing the results. Go talk to your clients. Mm -hmm. Find out how they're really using the product. Find out post-sales what kind of results they're getting and incorporate that into your marketing and put timelines in the messaging as well. If you saved a million dollars in five years, that's way different than if you saved a million dollars in six, the first six months. Mm. And put it first. Too many times our brains are wired to say, this is what we did and here was the result. Mm-hmm. You have eight seconds. Flip that. The results should be first. Pull the reader in. To want to read the rest of the, of the bullet. Wow. So basically you're saying if I'm going to do a, a conversation or a presentation, start with, hey, we achieved, or sorry, this client <laughs> achieved XYZ success and here's how it happened in however many months or something like that. And then lead into the conversation versus here's who we are and uh, we work with all these people. Start with the results that we've got. Is that what you're, you're saying? Yes, but don't say we because mm-hmm. you're being you're being talking about your vendor. Talk you're the about vendor. Your, your clients. Say the client. Say, I saved a million dollars in six months. Can you say that today? Ah, Watch the difference. Ah, I like that. That got me thinking right there. Got it. Exactly. Got it. Visualizing and oh my gosh. All right. Yes. So, so you you would advise us to focus on visualization and start with results. Any other thoughts uh, about what salespeople and marketing people and companies can do to sort of raise their visnatic game? Work together more. Right now, I see sales and marketing being two completely separate entities, mm-hmm. and and they're separated. Do more things together. More team building things. More. This workshop, I'm telling you, is the best team building I've ever seen in my career. If, if I had had someone facilitate these kind of discussions in previous roles I've had, mm-hmm. the companies would be, have done so much better. Wow. Isn't it interesting how you, you're really helping with marketing and sales, but you're talking about team building exercises. Yes. You know, so people develop, you know, ways to work together and can talk together better. And that results in, in overall success, huh? 100%. Wow, that's kind of sneaky, but I like it. <laughs> I'm coming to learn sales and marketing, and she's got me doing teamwork. And I love it. Yes, that's exactly what happens. So, Kimberly, how can people get a hold of you, your book? If I wanted to just learn more from you, where would I go on the web? Well, I have set up a special email address, and I encourage all of your, your listeners to use it, because that way I can know it came from this podcast. It's podcast. Mm-hmm. at dynaexec.com. My company is called DynaExec, which again is two words, dynamic and executives put together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. .com. Okay. And I've got a special, which I'll talk about once they reach out to me. Okay. So we'll make sure to include that in the show notes here. But Kimberly, it has been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so, so much. 
I love I love your whole persona. You've got the best way of pulling all the important stuff out of people. You're doing such a great job, Dr. Pillay. All thank right. Well, you. well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you very soon. All right. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.